step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to Spiritual Charlotte, a safe space for all who seek. You are joining Kendall Heath and Debbie Chisholm as we journey into the heart of community for an authentic and candid exploration into the light. We are seekers just like you, holding the space for all of us, teachers and students together in community, conversation, and connection. Join us for an hour of heart-centered dialogue and discovery. Good morning, Spiritual Charlotte. This is Kendall, and I am actually without Debbie this morning. So um, it's going to be a wonderful show. We are snowed in here in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, which is... As you know, if you live in the area, it's a wonderful time to uh, take a little break because we just, we don't operate well in this kind of weather. So um, we are snowed in today and we're having part three of a conversation with Thomas Orjala, who is the president of the Inland Northwest Urantia Society. Uh, We'll have to check with him and see if that still stands for 2018. But Thomas and I have been in a dialogue about the Urantia book, and uh, the Urantia book is a huge volume. It, uh, I call it a divine revelation. Thomas has a better word for it. Um, but we met a couple summers ago at the Wild Goose Festival where he uh, is a foot soldier for this piece of work, and he goes out and for decades has been spreading the good news about uh, the Urantia book, uh, and and people I don't think otherwise would know about the text because certainly I had gone for uh, decades in the spiritual world and 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 by the time I heard about it I thought why why has it taken so long so um, the book is really a tremendous work but it is a work that seems to require community to help um, to help decipher through it and um, at least for me it does it's 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 pretty heady stuff so. Um, Thomas's passion for it just shines through, and we're so glad to have his guidance and his assistance this morning because the topic that we're going to be looking at um, is actually involves all the invisible helpers that are mentioned in the Urantia book. These are, um, from my understanding, beings that exist um, in cosmic realms that are here to assist us. Um, including angels. I know many of our listeners are very connected with angel work and fascinated by that. And so Thomas uh, is going to give us an overview today, but he's also going to probably talk a little bit more about angels. We'll see where the conversation goes. So without further ado, let me uh, pull Thomas into the show. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Kendall. So good to be on your show again. I'm so glad to have you. And you're calling from the Midwest. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we have more snow than you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're uh, you're feeling the pain that we feel. Actually, I've I've learned to love winters. Being born in Minnesota, I've decided I'm just going to have to learn to love winter because going through six months of not liking my environment wasn't working too well. So I said, you know, I'm just going to enjoy winter. And now I see it just as this beautiful phenomenon that unfolds. And every day is a little bit different. Today it's real foggy and crisp. And some days it's beautiful white flakes coming down. So it's so it's quite the adventure. Yeah. You know, I, I think that I've grown to that place of loving winter too. I think that everybody gets a chance to calm down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so this morning, you know, I know that when you and I, um, we just seem to be um, trying to hold down the fort with having this dialogue about the Urantia book, and um, you're so wonderful about sending me, you know, ideas about some small piece that we can tackle, and so 
why did you feel it was important um, for us to just look at all these invisible helpers this morning? You know, one thing I've been noticing is that people in general these days seem kind of lost and dislocated or something. They're just kind of wandering among all these isms and schisms and fake news and you name it. It's like people are pretty confused. And um, when you look for help, like where do you find it? You know, it's like um, there's lots of sources but even the sources sometimes still leave us kind of wondering what, you know, how can I connect with spirit or how can I connect with having a better life or what happens after this life? And there's, you know, people have a lot of questions that aren't fully answered by some of the philosophies and religious, you know, uh, institutions that are out there. And the Arantia book has such a thorough description of things that we can't see that um, it's really helped me in my life to, to know that there's these different, you know, some of them are beings and some are more like circuitry, you know, that I didn't really realize existed. So, so yeah, I thought that'd be a great topic to talk about. And I'll just jump right in with a couple things if you want. That would be wonderful. Yes. Well, when I think about the invisible helpers, like one, one that comes to mind, that's what the ranch book calls the adjutant mind spirits. And they're actually like circuitry. Um, if you think of a blob of matter, right, what what would animate it to where it could actually talk and think and communicate with other blobs of matter, right? Um, matter in itself, like a machine, can't communicate with another machine in an intelligent way, right? I mean, it can perform certain functions, but what makes humans so unique is that we have this circuitry that's, provided by these um, angelic circuits, you might say. These, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to describe really how this is all set up, but your book talks a lot about the universe mother spirit, which is the, we, we know about Jesus or Michael or, you know, um, kind of like the male aspect of spirit, but the universe mother spirit is kind of not quite as well known. And the, and you can kind of see the mother spirit as being like the mother. It produces these offspring called angels and other other beings. And mother spirit also creates this circuitry, this mind circuitry, so we're all connected. All the children of this vast universe are actually connected. Without the mind spirits, like I could I could see you somewhere. I wouldn't know what you were or who you were. But because of this circuitry, mm-hmm. it's almost like a it's almost like a program that goes into our mind. We have these physical brains, right? But a physical brain cannot look out and see another being with a physical brain and recognize it without this circuitry, right? That, um, and we can get into that a little bit at another time, but <clears throat> the, mind, the mind circuits basically help us to, uh, to see, to recognize, to sense, to understand these uh, different aspects of, of who we are and help us to communicate. Um, it's kind of like the basic, you know, when you buy a computer, it's got its basic programming. I'd say the adjunct mind spirits mm-hmm. are the wiring harness inside humans that allow us to recognize the universe, to, to see what's, you know, what's out there. And I, I just want to kind of get, just kind of touch on that. Maybe we'll come back to it later, but that's, that's kind of like, almost like the foundation to be a human. You actually have to have this circuitry, right? And there's, there's, there's the lower levels of it, like intuition and various things. Then it gets up to the highest levels, um, um, or wisdom and worship and that, right? And the lower, all the animals have the, the basic mind circuits, right? That's when you, with your dog or your cat or something or a horse you feel like we're connected we have this connection what is that connection right well that's the mind circuits it's a circuitry that allows us to communicate it's like a telephone line allows you to communicate with somebody and the animals don't have the higher you know worship and wisdom but they but they experience all the other ones so so that's why we feel a kinship with our with the animal kingdom is because we got some of the common wiring and another Another thing that's happening that we can't see is it's called the midwayers. 
And this order of being is called midwayers because they're midway between humans and angels. They're, they're actually closer to us than angels are. They're kind of like our cousins. And they have quite unusual beginnings, like how they come to a planet. But um, that's a story for another day. But, but angels can help guide us in various ways, minister to us. Uh, they have many, many functions, but... The thing that midwayers can do that angels can't do is they can manipulate matter because they're so close to us. They're just slightly out of our vision range. In advanced worlds, we can actually see them. Our, our vision increases good enough where we can see them. But, but we've heard stories of somebody being helped miraculously. Like, how did that happen? Well, midwayers are actually able to step in and <clears throat> save lives or move matter around or whatever in times of great need um they can't save everybody of course but they they are able to do such things and they also work at the behest of the angels the angels and midwares are in communication and angels of course watch over us and if they see something emergency about to unfold they can communicate with the midwares who can often step in and assist them in their you know to help their being the person that they're taking care of and I've had two experiences in my life where I should be denied. I, I should not be here, obviously, from if you knew the circumstance. And I truly believe it was a midwayer that came in and saved my life. Was, there's no other explanation. Some Something beyond material had to save my life. And I think you'll find um, quite a few people have stories like that. And so that's another order of being we could explore. Um, thought adjusters are another invisible spirit helper. And people say a thought adjuster. What on earth is a thought adjuster? And the ranch book gives them this phenomenon, lots of names. Um, it's essentially a fragment of God's mind that lives and dwells us. And some people call it the mystery monitor or the pilot light. But the ranch book says that because God, the creator, whatever you want to call that, is so distant from us, not only physically, but spiritually. Like we're at the bottom end of the totem pole, right, of will creatures. And God, of course, is at the top end because he creates it all. But to, to compensate for that huge gap, <clears throat> the father, we'll just call him the father. That's a term we're used to sends a fragment of himself at, at, at about the age of five or six. It says in the book that when a child makes its first moral decision, you know, and, and we kind of know about when that happens. You see a child go from just totally being selfish, old three-year-old, four-year-old brat, to all of a sudden being helpful. You know, it's like, oh, I want to make a difference. I want to help my sister, whatever. You know, at that point is when the first moral decision, there's this little thing happens up in paradise, and, you know, all of a sudden, within two minutes, we have this fragment of God living inside our mind to guide us and direct mm -hmm. us and assist us throughout our life. And actually, eventually, it says that we actually fuse with this thought adjuster um, at a point where we've become totally unreservably dedicated to doing the Father's will. Right? We've signed up for the program. Right? And it doesn't happen mm. very often on a world such as ours because we're pretty backwards. So, I mean, there have been people in history, like Enoch was the first to fuse with this hot adjuster. But not while he was in a physical form. But on more advanced planets, it's pretty common to... Um, gather together like like we're coming to a funeral except it's 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 a graduation in the sense of um somebody's ready to fuse they're ready to you know and they're actually you come together and you wish your friend well and and there's this flash and their bodies disappear and they just fuse you know mm. <laughs> which has to be quite the thing to witness you know but it, it is possible you know like i say in our world we're just not quite advanced enough very few people will do that in this world, but when we get up on the heavenly worlds, um, that'll start to happen more and more. So, so a thought adjuster is really a good thing to know about because one way I heard it described is um, um, 
when you're say say we're kind of struggling like oh, I just need some guidance and you kind of reach up you know you kind of go inside and you're reaching up towards spirit and say you know, I just need some help with the situation and for you the situation is like this material problem probably right it's like I can't get along with so and so or whatever it is and what the thought adjuster is doing at that very time is creating a spiritual counterpart to your material dilemma right and as you reach up, mm. all of a sudden you see the spiritual point of view, right? <clears throat> so that same situation. You say, oh, you know, it's like, oh, so-and-so is such a jerk, you know. And as you reach up, you think, oh, I'm, I've been a jerk just like that, too. What am I doing judging so-and-so? It's like, oh, I should just try to see the bigger picture. He must be going through some tough times. And so we see the spiritual point of view, and it just kind of shifts, right? So we see it from God's eyes, not from the material eyes. And then we have this enhanced perspective. So that's what the thought adjuster is doing 24 hours a day, is, is creating the spiritual perspective <clears throat> to assist us in our life's journey. And all we have to do is reach up for it. It's just kind of like picking fruit off the tree, right? We just have to be willing to to know what's there and just take it, just download it. So, so that's the thought adjuster. Um, there's a lot of other, there's lots of other things that are happening. Like um, from biblical understanding, we know that there was this thing called Pentecost. When, when Jesus uh, left the planet, he said, well, I'm going to send my spirit, my helper, you know. And, um, and it was so distinct that, that you know, Jesus' followers, when it happened, they all knew it happened, right? But we don't notice it because it's we were born into it, like we swim in this thing, right? We, we, um, the Ranch book calls it the spirit of truth, right? Um, and what what that was is prior to Pentecost, to Jesus leaving us with us when he when he left the planet. Um, it was much more difficult to notice the truth. It was just, it was so much easier to be deceived or be caught up into totally erroneous notions or belief systems. And and I heard I had a teacher in San Francisco when I was out there, and he did, he said the truth is kind of like when somebody tells the truth, it's like a little bell rings or something. It's got this little tinge of Christmas that's just like distinct when somebody's saying the truth and when somebody's saying a lie right the energy kind of drops and things look darker and it just doesn't you know the energy just kind of drops right and um, mm-hmm. so that that little bell or that little crispness that the truth has is the spirit of truth operating in your mind it's it's recognizing truth right so <clears throat> so that's another one of our invisible helpers it's it's kind of like a circuitry again Mm, and Thomas, like, can I ask um, you? Yeah. Thomas, can I ask you a question right here? Um, sure. What I'm, one of the things I'm, one of the things I'm thinking about is, um, you know, I think about this concept in, let's say, like um, a Christian culture of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Where, mm-hmm. where among, where among these helpers is that language kind of? What's the match for that here? Indwelling Holy Spirit. <clears throat> well, the biblical, you know, how it came down to the Bible is um, the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and the Spirit. And, mm-hmm. you know, back then they didn't really quite grasp. There was a lot of confusion about the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And sometimes the local version got mixed with the paradise version and you know there's there's, and there's still a bit of confusion in the christian theology about it maybe not so much confusion it's just like a not a real clarity of understanding and you kind of have to go back up to paradise and start there there's the father the creator you know the upholder of the universe, but there's three aspects to that. There's the, the Father, the Eternal Son, and the Infinite Spirit. And from the Infinite Spirit comes the celestial hosts, right? The 
on our world, we know them as the angels, guardian angels and seraphim and you know, different things. But that's just on the local, you know, on our local planet, our local system and local universe level. But if you go all the way back up, it starts with the infinite spirit, right? The, the mother spirit. In the local universe, we know it as the, universe, the local universe mother spirit, right? So it's kind of hard to describe, but but there is the Trinity at the top at Paradise, the three aspects of deity, and they and it's all reflected even on a local planet level like ours. It's just kind of it gets downstepped and downstepped and downstepped to fit mm, the, okay. the abilities and the consciousness of the beings living on worlds like ours, right? So okay, okay, that makes yeah. that makes great sense to me, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it helps to understand that material worlds are kind of like the the birthplace of mortals, right? They're just kind of the beginning grounds. It's kind of like the incubators of beings that will live forever. And so we're just getting started here. We're just stage one, right? And eventually we'll work our way up through local systems and constellations and you know, super universe levels and, you know, all the way up to Havona, which is kind of the perfecting schools, you might say. There's a billion worlds in Havona that we go through. And then we eventually attain paradise, right, which is we get to see the Father. And that, but that's trillions and trillions of years of growth before we get there. So, and at each level, we will notice these the spirits operating on higher and higher levels of so the eternal sun will operate on, we'll start to see that and manifest in the father's influence. And so we're just kind of, kind of in basic training here as far as who are these beings? And <laughs> so that's a good question. Like what is the infinite spirit or the Holy spirit? And so the indwelling part of that is like the thought adjuster. That is this indwelling spirit, okay. like, you know, the father fragment that, that is in all all humans from the time you make your first moral decision. It's just it's just there. So, and that's you might say you know, some people. It's also called the pilot light. It's almost like the light that leads us back home. There's this concept, right? And a lot of beliefs that there's this guiding thing that that'll take you home. You know what I mean? It's like a magnet and. And you might say that the father, you know, at one time there wasn't material universes, right? There was paradise where, you know, God and father and son, you know, the, the spirit lived. And at some point they said, hell, let's just, let's just make this, let's create the universes, the material universes, right? And voila, all these, you know, these material force organizers went forth and all these suns got spit out and all these planets kind of started spinning around the suns and some were favorable to life and plantation and they started planting life on these distant worlds. And <clears throat> and here we have this whole phenomenon of just un, unnumbered and un, unimaginable numbers of beings like us being created on these diverse worlds all over <clears throat> this far-flung billions of galaxies universe and we're all heading home we're all heading up to the father we're all heading back to paradise right but we got flung a long ways from paradise right <laughs> both materially and spiritually mm. and so the whole game really the whole purpose of creation is to basically become pure spirit right and it'll take a while but and in this world we're just waking up to this recognition that oh yeah I got this material body I got this brain but I'm also a being of infinite potential I can grow and grow and grow and become you know another type of being that's just way you know different you know aligned with it's almost like we're what's that saying about the universe is filled with magical things patiently waiting for your wits to get sharper right like the universe is just like amazing. It's just like, oh my goodness. It's just, I can't, you can't even imagine how amazing it is. <clears throat> and we're just 
cracking open this door right, and peeking through it and saying, oh, my goodness, look what's over there. You know, we're just starting to get glimpses of how amazing it is and what this adventure of Paul Bife is and how fantastic and you know, fulfilling and thrilling it's going to be as we go from level to level in our universe career. So, so we're just kind of learning about these beings that, and these phenomena and these circuits and things that help us out. So another one I'd like to touch well, on much, is... I, ha- um, I have a... Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to ask you a quick question. I know we always have this sound delay here, but um, mm-hmm. my question is, you know, I notice in metaphysical community and spiritual community that especially right now, people seem very um, taken with conversations and what they feel to be interactions with what they call ETs or, you know, people, beings from other planets. This seems to be like a trending mm-hmm. conversation right now. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and I don't know, you know, what to, you know, I'm just a listener, a witness to what people think they're experiencing. Um, but, but what do you think is happening there um, for people that feel they've made this kind of genuine connection with what they identify as E.T., Alien, you know, what is what's that all about? Well, one way to look at it is there's, um, um, let me kind of back up, and if I get off track, get me back on track. But there's this thing that happened a long, long time ago in a universe close to us <laughs> called the Lucifer Rebellion, and it's a high spirit being named Lucifer went astray. And the Bible kind of has parts and pieces of it, but but in the the end result is that our planet became one of thirty some planets that were quarantined. And when that happened, the universe circuits, like the communication circuits with the rest of our local universe and beyond, were severed. Right? They said, "Oh, you're quarantined. You're not contaminating any more worlds." You know. And that's been going on for a long, long time. But the Ranch book says that the case of Lucifer versus Gabriel is nearing adjudication, which means that the circuits are going to come back on any time, right? Some Ranch book scholars and students think that the circuits are already on. Others of us say, well, I don't think so. But my... My take, and I'm not sure it's the truth, but my take is that the reason we're seeing so many crop circles and people are having so much contact with other beings, and I think I think it's leading up to the circuits coming on. In other words, they just can't flip the light switch on. It's almost like they have to turn mm. the lights up slow. <laughs> that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I, and I <laughs> the dimmer is the dimmer is moving upward. <laughs> Yeah, they don't want to blind us. Like, hey, the circuits are on. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know, it's like I think I think it would just be too weird. You know, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people say, well, why ha- why isn't a spaceship landed on the White House lawn and just said, hey, we're here to help you? You know, well, there's a reason for that. One, we're still quarantined, right? So they, beings from other planets who can traverse space and actually show up here are forbidden from contacting us, right? That's it's like, a, no, 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 you cannot do that. You cannot mess with the evolutionary process of a planet. You know, you can observe, and there's lots of interplanetary observers on our planet. We can't see them, but there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of tourists here, you might say, because our planet's quite unique. It's quite the destination on you when you're sipping around the universe, right? And that's a whole other story, but... Um, so I think crop circles are like, okay, you can leave crop circles. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep wondering. You know, obviously humans couldn't make some of these amazing crop circles. So, <clears throat> so there's it's kind of like a calling card. Yeah, we were here. <laughs> we left a note in the field for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think. You know, I think they have fun. You know, it's like uh, someday we'll is, be able to translate some of these messages. Well, that's how I've kind of yeah. come to see it. And and people are getting what, insights. What, and It's it's uh-huh. unfortunate. I, you know, I wish that a, a ship would go ahead and land on the lawn and take one up with. <laughs> you 
<laughs> just take, yeah, take we have one. The, we have a passenger back. to take away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, put him in detention. Yeah, well, really. So, so, I, so I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that that makes a lot of sense. And and it, and also makes me wonder. Um, you know, talking. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but um, you know, the this thing of the the midwayers and the angels. You know, um, you know. Again, another trend that I see is so many people talking about their angel connections and their angel interpretations mm-hmm. and conversations, and um, you know, that is also trending right now. And and um, and who am I to take away the uh, the understanding somebody's having? But it's very curious. And so, what do you think that that is about? Well. You know, if you look at all the different spirit helpers, you know, that are working on us, um, people use the term that they have, right, to, um, I mean, mm. a certain phenomenon might happen. It could be their thought adjuster. They say, oh, an angel spoke to me, you know, or it could be an angel helped me today. It could have been a midwire, right, or, you know what I mean, or maybe the agent mind spirits just, you know, allowed them to see something and can connect with somebody in such a way that they, well, the angels had to do that. You know, we, you know, it's, but it doesn't really matter. Right. It's kind of like, you know, if there's six roads that lead to the destination, it doesn't matter which road you take. If you're not worried about time, right. right? It'll all, you know, these circuits all kind of work in, in unison, right. And these phenomenons, these beings and, I think what's always happening on the planet is there's always people that sense that there's something out there, there's some spiritual things that are happening, and we're we're just naturally drawn to reach reach for spirit in whatever form we can see it, you know. And you know, through the ages, I say before angels, there was anybody who came to the planet and said there's this thing called angels, right? Well, people saw it as, you know, the tree spirit or something. They called it something, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, the phenomenon is there. Call it whatever you want to call it. But the connection is what's real, right? It's like, oh, I feel this presence helping me or guiding me or drawing me forward or, you know. So we don't need to get too caught up in is it an angel or is it a midwinter or is it my inner spirit guiding me or speaking to me or is it, you know, when two or more gathered, Jesus is with us, right? That's what the Bible says and the answer book agrees, you know. It's like, you know, when when we're drawn together for good reasons, we can actually feel this presence of our creator, right? Uh, our local universe creator. And... Yeah, there's these other phenomena like reflectivity and telepathy and stuff, but these are also kind of circuitry phenomena. Like to know, you know, women especially have this ability to know things. Like they sense, oh, something happened to my son. I wonder what it was. You know, they just sense it, mm-hmm. right? There's like this. And there's this circuitry. There's this what they call reflectivity circuits, and there's telepathy and. Like the ranch book says that Adam and Eve, when they were here, they didn't have to really communicate. They could be in distant parts of the garden or wherever they were, and they knew what each other was thinking and doing because in their brains they had a larger, I think it was a pineal gland or something, which is a gaseous bulb in the brain. And the larger it is, the more telepathic you'll be. Right? That's why some people seem to have mm. more telepathy than others. And But humans don't have that much. You know, we have a, a small ability there, but some people more than others. But So there's that's just another kind of way that we're helped. And so, yeah, as far as the angels and circuits, and yeah, just, I, I wouldn't worry about... Oh, let's see. Was that my thought adjuster talking to me, or is that the angels? <laughs> well, it, yeah, as yeah. far as angels, an, angels are the closest to us. They're really close. And I was even thinking yesterday. I, I got this. I got this. Just kind of taking a moment of silence, and I was like overwhelmed, you know, gratitude for these angels that <clears throat> hover over us all twenty four seven. They just love us. They're just so interested in our welfare. You know, they're just here to guard, and guide us, and guard us. And, 
help us and they do just they just do many things that we don't even know to help our life on earth you know they're they're very interested in our welfare and they're 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 like us in a lot of ways they're evolving beings too they they seek assignment to help humans it's part of their evolution is to have spent a life you know with a human to to guide them and uh but, you know maybe we can get into the angel world a little bit here I would like to do that. I would like to get into the angel world and really pull out some of the particular passages in the Urantia book because people, for whatever reason, possibly because angels are so affectionate and sympathetic, we I believe that as a as at large as a whole whole uh, you know civilization that we have a mutual affection there, um, and we feel that closeness in some way, and so. Can we talk about the seraphim? Can we talk about, like, can you help us make sense of how the Urantia book talks about the angels and, and, and their order? Yeah, I can. Um, you know, again, it starts at the very top with, you know, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, infinite spirit. And so everything that you see in the lower levels emanates from the higher, right? And so I won't get into how it kind of descends to the super universe level and, and that. You know, one, one clue I'll give you about the higher levels of angels is there's like these recorder angels, which I find really interesting because when we get up to that level, we can go to recorder angel and ask him a question about anything anywhere in the universe for all time. And they'll have the answer because they're like these beings that are like recorders. They're living, they're living record keepers of the entire universe. You know, it's huge. And on the local level, our seraphic helpers have recorders and you know communication, and they actually transmit you know information at a rate, right? They can many gigabytes at a, in, a, in a second, right, so to say. And um, it all kind of goes upstairs and is kept, right? So everything that we experience is stored, you know, everything they, they witness. And, um, in other words, nothing is lost, right? If, any, if anything of universe value, of spiritual value is kept, like they don't care if you, you know, drop your gum on the floor. They don't care about that. But, you know, it's like they... Anything that's of value is recorded, and uh, and if you want to look it up someday, you can see hmm, what happened. So, so anyway, when you get down to the lower levels, though, um, which maybe low is not the quite quite, quite the right word. We're, we're like, you know, we're pretty important <laughs> in the universe scheme of things. You know, well, comparatively, we're at the lower levels. So yeah. Let's not diminish ourselves yeah. at all, right? So. Anyway, in paper 39, they talk about the seraphic hosts, and um, they, they give seven orders of, there's a supreme seraphim, the superior seraphim, the supervisor seraphim, administrator seraphim, there's the planetary helpers, transition ministers, and seraphim of the future. And, and you know, they all have a role to play. Uh, it also says that all the angels... Their goal is to be is to be able to do all those levels, right? They might start out at one level and they go to the next, and, and it takes a long time for an angel to acquire all seven levels, but eventually they do. But they'll, but they'll always be known as one of those levels. Right? They won't be um, a mixture of all of them. They're actually they'll be one of those seven. They'll be identified as that, and um. Yeah, the the higher levels probably aren't quite so interesting to. I mean, it's they're kind of out there, but but when it gets closer to home, um, let me see. You know, one of the one of the interesting levels I want to touch on is uh, the transporters. It's the fifth group of supervisors, seraphim. They actually. You know, because because we're material beings, like when we leave this world, um, we'll actually be disassembled, you might say. Our soul, our memory, mind, transcripts will be 
separated, like an angel, a guardian angel will take part of us and the thought adjuster will take another part of us. And then we get up to what they call the mansion worlds or the heavenly worlds. They have these gigantic resurrection temples, right, where survivors are taken up there in parts and pieces. And then a new body is formed, a marancha body, which is a little different than ours right now. Less physical if we don't eat food on those levels. And and when the two come together, our thought adjuster brings part of us back and the, the guardian angel you know, when parts are put together, we wake up. And uh, But after that world, now once we leave the physical world, we're now on what they call the mirage world, which is this intervening phase between matter, material worlds like we're on, and spirit worlds like paradise. So that this long phase of the mirage life where we go from, you know, planet to planet, to sector to sector, universe to universe. As we go, as we go up the, the ladder, you might say, to paradise, we'll, we'll always have to be transported. And these, these transport seraphim are quite interesting in that they, they describes how when we're ready to go from one world to the next, we'll kind of climb inside. You might say they're they're kind of these beings that we fall asleep inside of and then they become kind of torpedo like there's this glow right all of a sudden they just zip off at the speed of light right or faster um it says each having a clear space velocity of 186,280 miles per second right so at amazing speeds right they zip us from one planet or system to another and for us, it's just like we're sleeping, like we, we get in a train and we go to sleep or a plane and we wake up next morning and we're in a new, new town, new, new place. And it's kind of like that. We might be sleeping for who knows how long because space is pretty, even at that speed, probably takes quite a while to get to another place. But but we don't notice that we're just sleeping. Um, so, I mean, that's, people, when they think of angels, they don't think about transport vehicles, they think about helpers but i just wanted to <laughs> point to that one and there's also you know beings that just supervise you know they just they just oversee planetary affairs like we actually have a legion like a, like a seraphic headquarters on our planet not every planet has a station where the angels are kind of headquartered and our planet happens to have one so there's these angels that are coming and going at all times of day and night um there's angels that are like social architects. They um, they just kind of help design how the planet's going to go. They look at, uh, you know, how do we bring things together? I mean, they, I mean, they look at it like part of their function might be to look at how the tribes or the nations are working together, and they, they try to bring us together, and they try to bring us individually together. Like the angels see potential, right? They see, boy, if this person met that person, I'm not talking. I mean, it's true in matchmaking too. They, they, they notice, boy, if Joe could meet Sue. <laughs> that would be a great <laughs> partnership. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they got other things to do than just matchmake, but you know, they, they look for human relationships. You know how sometimes you just meet somebody and think, wow, how did we meet? This is cool. You know, what were the chances mm-hmm. and great connections happen, but they, but they see that for a planet to evolve and for people to evolve, these connections are really important. Right. And so sometimes it doesn't work. You know, they try and try to make certain groups or things happen. And for some reason it doesn't happen. It might be just that thing where, you know, here this person was put right in our, right in our space. And we just, for whatever reason, misjudged them or something or failed to talk to them or get to know them. And, and we missed out, you know, they, they did what they had to do, but we didn't do, we didn't recognize the opportunity on our end. So it's really good for us to be kind of aware that there is other agencies out there that are kind of trying to help us. We might want to pay attention to the signs, so to say. And there's... Thomas, you know, I have a question at this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as you talk about angels, I mean, obviously I feel in my heart, you know, um, that same kind of gratitude um, that you know, brings emotion to you. Um, 
you think about the people in your life that you've had the honor of being in relationship with and um, just everything that has really worked out, the miracles of all of that, right? And then my inclination then, you know, my inclination at that point is to say, well, um, if you feel this way about angels and and the derivative of this is this universe mother spirit, then, you know, and I, you can correct my language, but it, but imagine the amount of love that has to be present in that for this trickle down to take place. I mean, it's like it's like how do you then connect that in your own mind to this this universe mother spirit who's kind of got all these helpers um, working under her wings? I mean, how do you see that? Well, yeah, you know, universe mother spirit is truly like a mother, right? Just loves her children, you know, and the angels are the offspring of the universe mother spirit and the angels love us, you know? Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know if I quite how to answer your question, but it's, it's like, um, yeah. Well, I think let me, I, let me say, let me say it this way. Cause I think, I think this is hmm. interesting too. You know, we've talked about the people who are connecting to what they feel, um, kind of like that dimmer switch is going on. I feel like mm-hmm. this movement that we see right now towards the divine, towards towards the mother God and towards this, the what is considered the feminine aspects of, you know, the creator and the universe and some of the things we see in society that seem to be reflecting that energy. You know, I wonder if, um, you know, that's not all part of that dimmer switch going up and um, and then, of course, there's more connection there to the universe mother spirit. Mm. Yeah, and it's kind of like the more receptive we become and the more that we can sense what might become the obvious once you sense it, it's like, oh, of course it's there. But at first we can't see it. And so, yeah, the dimmer switch is kind of like, um, it's almost like, it's a mixture of the angels and that whole world, that realm is putting out all they can do, right? It's really, I think the dimmer switch, we actually have our fingers on it a bit because as we reach upward, if we re, as we reach inward, right, they're there. They're not, it's, you know, and those people, you know, that want to know, like people that are really into the angelic world and, reaching up for spirit, they're, they're going to find it. It's not like it's an imaginary illusory, they're, they're self-deceived. There's, it's actually a real bona fide world of spirit helpers that are there that are more than willing to connect with us. Right. It's, it's like they can't force themselves on us. You know, they can be there 24 seven, but if we don't seek them or reach out, they, there's not much they can do. Right. It's just, they're kind of, it's really kind of amazing, actually, that beings would volunteer to guide us, right? Mm-hmm. And so many of us just ignore, you know, so many people just ignore. Right. It. It's a beautiful phenomenon. Right, right. It's just waiting to help us, yeah. you know, and we think, oh, it's that silly spirit world. And I, I was reading recently that high high spirit beings, and it's in the ranch book, it says, and here's this, the author is actually saying, as he's delivering this information through this human in 1930-something, right, saying, well, my assistant here, you know, which is a high angelic type of being, can't really see your world. As we're dictating these papers to you, we cannot see the building in which it's being dictated. We cannot see the building. In other words, they can't see matter. It's just like this hazy kind of shadowy thing, Right. Whereas we have a trouble seeing spirit, right? And so, mm-hmm. but it turns out material is the shadow, right, of spirit realities. We think it's, you know, knock mm-hmm. on wood and, oh, it feels pretty solid to me, but it's really just atoms spinning around, right? They're really, I mean, you, you know, you, from physics, we know that if you get a microscope and you look at matter, it's just, it's just space, right? There's really nothing there except these atoms spinning around, which... The atoms 
spinning around, you know, the size of the, I'm not a physicist, so I might get this wrong, but when you look at the matter with a microscope, you would see that the distance between the nucleus spinning around the center, right, is the same as the planets spinning around the sun, right? It's a teeny weeny thing spinning, of course, much faster, which creates the illusion of matter. And so, but spirit beings don't see it. They just, you know, they see our spiritual nature. They see our souls. They see that, but they don't see the material thing. So it's kind of, we're at, we're at the material end of the spectrum, trying to get up to the spiritual end of the spectrum and actually notice that material is just kind of like the compost from which we sprout, you know, our, our soul and grow and then eventually leave this body behind and become spirit beings, right? That aren't dependent on a body. And that's kind of the goal, right? Is the angels and higher beings are trying to nurture our soul's growth because the only thing of survival value is our spiritual longings and desires, right? That's our spiritual attainment because Material. What do you? What do we take to the next world? That's material. We don't take anything. We don't take our money. We don't take our ego. We don't take any of that. We just take our spiritual growth aspect of us. That's all there is. Oh man, that's so beautifully said. And you know, um, I think about when you're talking. I think about the just just the um, indescribably. Um, the gift that there's no word, we don't have a word for it, but the gift of that there is this order when all these light beings are in service to each other, serving oh. each other in companionship. And, and if only those who were just to see that enough to then know how to be in dialogue with it so that they could ask, <laughs> they could invite more of that, you know. Um, oh. I don't know. I'm just kind of stunned by that. Talk about it as I look at some of the notes that we shared, you know, because you sent me, there's so much in there, but a lot of it was from paper 38. And as you read through the passages yeah. in 38, it's just how can you not just be completely taken by how the system is set up? Um, what I want to do at the moment is give you kind of the last, we've got about uh, six more, six, seven more minutes, which, you know, is horrible. seems like we eat it up every time. But mm. please wrap us up in a way that gives us the hope of what these helpers are and these angels so that we can move forward with that knowing. Mm. So how we can work with the angels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot. I mean, this one thing that really sticks in my mind is um, there's a quote about, you know, to get anywhere, you actually have to have spiritual hunger. That's like that's like that's like the foundation of spiritual growth is spiritual hunger. And some people have it right. You really sense it in them. And other people, it kind of sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I should be more spiritual. You know, I should probably not be so nasty or whatever. You know, they got everybody's at a different level, right? But it's 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 really important to kind of check that, right? Like go go within and say, how hungry am I for spirit? Because the hunger is what opens the door, right? It's like it's it's kind of like it turns up the the the, the receptivity indicators in our being, right? Because once you're hungry, you know, it's just like when you say a prayer, I'm hungry for this to happen in my life, right? That's that's turning up the receptivity factors, right? And all of us know when we've prayed, then all of a sudden, or shortly, things show up. It's like, where did that come from? Oh, it's that prayer I gave. That's right. You know, I became more hungry for something that was more of a spiritual nature. And then the universe provided. I mean, it was always there, right? It was always there all the time. But we rewired ourselves to have receptivity circuits open. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's up to us. Yeah, it's up to us to, it's like we can't wait for spirit to pound it into us, right? 
Spirit's always there. It's just like you can't catch a radio station unless you turn on the radio, right? You know, you have to actually open up the circuitry so something can come through. And it's, I guess it's kind of basic, basic thinking, but, but I think a lot of people, I don't know. Um, I mean, if, if everybody was just starving, just hungry for truth, just like had a ravenous hunger, like some people chase after money, you know, that they're just like, Oh God, make more money. But if we had that, everybody had that same attitude about spirit, like I just want to grow closer to you, God, and creator, spirit, angels. I want to be in touch with you. I want to work with you. I want to be a helper with you. I want to be your partner in the spiritual evolution of our planet. I want our planet to be healthy and kids grow up in this beautiful world. You know, then if that was a primary thought, then, you know, the more people become that way, and the more spirit is happening and the more we share and the more we see it in others, right? It's kind of hard to see spirit in others if we're not, you know, working on being conscious of it in ourselves and in the universe. And, you know, I think the angels are just there to guide us. There's so many different aspects to the work that angels do that I think all the bases are covered, you know, if you're just wanting to know them better, you'll get to know them better. If you need some assistance, they'll assist you. If you want to meet the right people, they'll help you, you know. Just say, I would like to meet some really good people. You know, I'm just wanting to go a new direction here. People that really feed my soul and I can work with them and help them and, you know, a good community, and, and they'll guide you that way. But if your receptivity is turned on, you're much more likely to recognize them when they come into your life. So, I don't know if that answers you know, the question. You know, and and it does, it does, and 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 at the same time, you know, um, one of the passages that I think is striking is in paper thirty-eight, um, two five. It says you do well to love them, the angels is what they're saying, but you should not adore them. Angels are not <laughs> objects of worship. The great seraphim. Loyalatia, I believe you'll tell me when you when your seer fell down to worship before the feet of the angel said, "See that you do it not. I am a fellow servant with you and with your races who are all enjoined to worship God." Yeah, with just right? a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. With just a couple minutes left, what do you have to say about about that passage? <clears throat> Well, humans tend to look up to higher beings and want to worship them like they're God. And we're told over and over, like even when Adam and Eve came, the, the people in the garden bowed down to worship. And Adam and Eve said, don't, no, 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 don't worship us. Worship the Father who sent us, you know. The Father is really our only object of worship, right? He's he's like the creator of all of it. And everything else, we're, we're all workers on the path we're all evolving right upwards and angels are, are, are they're close to us they're just evolving too they're not they're not yeah they're a little more spiritual than us but they're just on their assignment too like we're on our assignment to, to have a good material life they're on their assignment to have a good job you know do a good assignment of helping us to get through our material world right they're they're just tasked with something they love doing and hopefully we love our lives and so it's yeah, we got to be careful not to look at angels like they're some like they're godlike or something. They're they're actually evolving, much like we are. They're just at a little different phase of the journey. So, so we have to kind of see them as our yeah. friends, our helpers, our guides. You know, just just yeah. a couple steps ahead of us. It sounds like <laughs> a couple significant steps. Well, Thomas, we all. And we, you know, we all we always run out of time, um, but I want people to know how they can learn more about Urantia, and where can they mm-hmm. learn more about Urantia? Well, I would suggest they go to a website. You, know, you get a book, or go to a website website like truthbook.com. And they can listen to any paper they want. There's indexes. Just go down and say, oh, Angelic Helpers paper 38 or whatever. Just you know, whatever you're interested in, it's real easy. Just 
just go to truthbook.com, click on, you can either read it or you can listen to it. I love to make a breakfast. I like to put a paper on and just listen to it. Um, that's the best way to kind of get to know our, our friends in the spirit world is just to listen and find out more about what they are. And then your answer book is such a phenomenal book as far as details and information and insights. So I always encourage people, hey, go check it out. You're kind of missing out if you don't enjoy this amazing information that the book has. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on the show, and we look forward to part four where we will announce a new topic uh, next go-around. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Kendall, thanks so much. All right. Talk with you soon. All right. Thank you for joining the Spiritual Charlotte podcast. Tune in next Wednesday for next episode at 9 a.m. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.